You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to NSPS Radio Hour for another Monday morning. We always appreciate everybody that listens to the show, so uh, want to make sure you, you hear that from us as often as possible. Appreciate your uh, your patronage. Today I have with me Mr. Ron Whitehead. Ron is a, a longtime friend. I've, it's been so long I'm not even sure how long it's been at this point, but uh, Ron has been a really strong activist for the surveying profession as long as I've known him, and I'm sure before then. Um, his, his real job, his day job, is Director of Public Works and Surveyor for Washington County, Utah. Uh, welcome, Ron. Thank you, Kurt. I was talking to somebody the other day, Ron, about the fact that I still have not made it back to St. George since the new airport opened. You and I were talking about that not too long ago. And every time I mention that, whoever I'm talking to says, oh, yeah, I remember that old one. Um, and so it's <laughs> always fun to, to talk about having landed there at the at the airport. And uh, before we get going, I, I know you and I talked a little bit um, at the end of last week about you've, you've been going through a stressful time uh, there working with and for the county and and stressful for everybody uh, in the vicinity with the big flood that happened there recently. I'm, that's that has to have been a traumatic situation for everyone. Yeah, we've we seems like we've been hit with stuff about every two years now, and unfortunately, Hilldale, uh, Utah, and Colorado City, Arizona got hit with a big flood and had something we don't usually see. It was related with our floods. They had some significant loss of life or. We're up to about 20 people so far that have we've found that have perished in this flood. Are there still uh, reports of missing people too, or we still have one young boy we know of that's missing, a six-year-old boy out of Hilldale. They have not found him yet. His brothers and sisters and mother they have found that were in the van with him, but but he is yet to be discovered. Right. Well, uh, not to try tie tragedy to surveying, but th- this is a surveying show. So, in, in looking at the impact of something like that for the county itself, not you know, well, way way much lower on the scale of of significance than the loss of life, of course, is does that have an impact on anything to do with you know the control network for the county or kind of things that you guys have to do? It would have some impact on Hilldale's control network. Uh, section corners, state boundary uh, monuments, and centerline monuments in the roads. and The washes run through all three of those in different places that have flooded, and so there could be loss of monuments in any of those three areas. So, And I suppose all the, the roads there, the public roads at least, are, are county-maintained? No, they're, Hilldale's a city, incorporated town, and it maintains its own roads, but part of them are paved roads and part of them are, are still dirt roads. It's very rural area, and, and the state line you know, runs between Hilldale and Colorado City, and, and it's, it's rural on both sides. So your, your form of government sounds like it's probably similar to what we have in, in Virginia, where cities are independent islands, so to speak, within the counties. Yes, and I've I've learned that that's not always the case in different parts of the country. I, um, of course, we all think everybody is like our state is when we when we get to talking to each other. But but I've I've found out that that's not necessarily always the case. But uh, sounds like it is for you guys. Yeah, and each county is a little different too. Some of the counties 
uh, still have some jurisdictions over the cities uh, and still do their survey work, their plat checking and survey checking and stuff like that in the survey-related area, but they either have, have other jurisdictions or still over inside the cities too. But we're pretty much uh, county, unincorporated county, and then uh, municipalities are inside of us. Right. Well, I, I'm, in terms of the, the counties and the fact that you're the national president for the uh, National Association of County Surveyors, do most of the counties in the state, are they required to have county surveyors or not? Uh, our state statutes uh, have a county surveyor's office in the statutes. It was one of the four original elected offices in Utah. It was the county surveyor to protect property rights, the water master to protect water rights, which is vitally important here in the desert, uh, the marshal to protect everybody, and the recorder's office to protect the documents and deeds and stuff that were needed to be recorded. So all that we, kind of falls under one department, so to speak. Well, it was it was each its its own re, uh, elected official at that point, and since then it's kind of grown into more offices and changed duties and stuff a little bit. To where Utah now has still has a county surveyor uh, on the statute requirements, but in some of the real rural counties where they don't have a surveyor living there or don't have enough work. Uh, because there's no development, not a lot of growth going on. They don't, they don't have an elected office. They'll contract with a surveyor, and they've, they've tried to combine offices with another county office, like a recorder's office, a commissioner, or assessor, or something, just to have a map depository. It's not a, it's not a county surveyor requirement in that office, but it's a map depository for that office. And then if they do any survey, and they're required to contract with a licensed surveyor to do it. And you mentioned the the elective part. Is that still the same way? Does it, do you still have to go through elections? Still there for those that have it on the books as an elected office. There's a four-year term, and they run through the elections with all the other county offices that are elected. And those that have combined it, it's just you know one election for the combined office. And those that don't have it, they've just it's just basically not been filled. It's probably still on their books, but it's not been filled. You, know, you and I were talking about that recently, and in some of my conversations with with some of the other folks in in the western part of the country, and and even even in other parts back further east that still have county surveyors' offices, um, when there is an elective process, I, I think I heard some of them say that people could actually run for that office who weren't even surveyors, which kind of struck me as interesting. But and I don't know if that's still true or or not, but. I know that's been the case in the past, but I'm not sure if that's still true in other areas. I know if they're going to run for office in Utah, they have to be a licensed surveyor, and that was a big concern when they combined offices with, like, the recorder's office. The recorder was afraid they wouldn't be able to be reelected for their office because they didn't meet that requirement of a, of a licensed surveyor. But they've just combined the office of the surveyor for a map depository purpose. So they don't have to be licensed in that case, but everyone else that runs in Utah should be a licensed surveyor. And I'm not sure about surrounding states, though. Yeah, and speaking of surrounding states, one of the things I failed to do coming into our our discussion and in introducing Ron to the audience, I failed to to mention the fact that you've been really involved in organizations for surveyors, well, for a really long time. Because I've known you a really long time, you were already doing it when I when I first met you, and I know you served. Uh, 
NSPS governor representing uh, the Utah Council of Land Surveyors and uh, also at, in the West Fed. And um, I'm not sure when your presidency in West Fed was, but it wasn't too long ago, I don't think. Or maybe that was a second term. I don't, I don't know. Uh, the most recent one was a second term. That was back in 2003. And speaking speaking of of WestFed and the Western states, um, it's I, from my opinion that's it's been a really uh, a good activity and a good resource. I guess resource is the word I was struggling for um, for the surveyors in the area. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was just talking to somebody this weekend. Um, we had a little group of the what we call the Area Three Four, the southeastern states. Uh, for people who had been active in NSPS over the years this past weekend. Um, I think we had five NSPS presidents, past presidents here, and obviously governors and directors from that group, and dating way back to, uh, uh, I mentioned to you in our lead-up, Buddy Bannerman was here from Florida, and Buddy and I were reminiscing about the first governor's meeting either one of us attended. We were each independently walking down the street in Baltimore, and um, he came over to me and we, I said, I'm going to server's meeting. He said, I am too. Not sure where it is. So we went rambling off down the street trying to find our way. But uh, <laughs> the reason I bring that up and in connection with WestFed is the fact that having those types of organizations, whether it's through the NSPS Governors Group or a regional group like our 3-4 or the WestFed Group, it's such a great resource, not only from the perspective of learning how other people do things and t- and sharing information, just but just from the relationships that you build that that seem to never end, um, and hope, obviously you hope they don't end. Uh, sadly, we're all getting to the age where some of them end because people pass away. But uh, I found that same camaraderie in, in the, through the WestFed group, and although I'm not directly a part of it, I've been invited to attend a, a lot of meetings, and, uh, and I'm, I'm sure you found that to be the case as well. Yes, I, I think the regional organizations, and there's still a few of them operating, you know, NSPS is the national, and I believe these regional organizations bring a lot, a lot of knowledge and opportunity for communication with surrounding states on statutes and survey questions or information stuff that the surveyors, you know, are usually licensed in more than one state, and it's a it's a great resource for those people to see what's going on in the adjoining states. And we yeah. did, we did consider you a part of WestFed, Kurt. So <laughs> you're going to have well, to felt- you're a part of us. <laughs> I always felt that way, and and still do. I just don't get to go to as many meetings as I used to, but but I still have that uh, same sense of uh, of joining together with people. And one of the things that that I think works pretty well at the regional level that's harder to do, not necessarily impossible to do, but harder to do at the national, is when you're trying to accumulate data about what's going on in the states. You know what your laws are saying, and and. Uh, all of the the rules and regulations and all those kinds. It just seems to me when it's done regionally, it's and then of course that can get passed on to the national. But it seems seems to me to be easier to accumulate uh, through the regional groups. I'm not sure why that is, but it seems to be. I think it's just scale. You know, we're a much smaller group. For West Fed, we had 13 states, and you're on a personal basis there with the guys representing those 13 states. It's easier to get that information into you and have it right there versus, you know, NSPS has got all of the states they have to deal with, and some are on time, and some have other issues come up, and some aren't getting it in on time. So I think the regional organizations are a little more personal touch. It's easier to, you know, 
talk to people and say, hey, I need this, and they're really great to respond. And then it is available to pass on to the national level, too. Yeah, and one of the things I always thought was a great idea, and, and, and again, harder to do at the national level, is the fact that, that each state had two representatives, so you kind of always had a mentor um, for somebody coming in new. Yes, that helps a lot. So you have an understanding of what they're what they're going through right now, and a little bit of history is passed on if you need it as to what they've done before and how it's affected things. And it's been a great, great uh, experience for me. And, and you get to know a lot of those people personally, and you you share business contacts, or they'll call you and ask you for names of people that could work in your area or could contract, subcontract with them if they've got big jobs in your area. It's, it's been a really good thing. Yep, I agree with that. And we here we are already within uh, 15 seconds of our first break, so I'll try not to get into anything different that we'd have to interrupt ourselves about before we go to the break. But I, I did want to talk about that aspect of, of your background and, and help people have that better understanding of how those regional groups work. So let's go to our first break, and we'll be back shortly. Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.schonstedt.com. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800 800- 438-0387 or go to quickstake.com that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E dot com and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. While we were away, Ron and I were were reminiscing about our tenure in service to, uh, at least in the national, and we figured out that we started out in the Board of Governors about the same time. Uh, 87 was my first year, and Ron said his was 88. So um, I've known you longer than some of my family, it seems like. At least, uh, at least the younger portions of the family, when you have your extended uh, uh, nieces, nephews, and uh, and cousins, sometimes you don't get to know everybody the way you would you would like to. 
but you know, I guess using the family analogy is that's always the way I've looked at our uh, at our organizations from the chapter levels to the state to the regional to the national. Um, we're we're such a small profession. It's I think really important for us to have that sense of family among ourselves and everybody working toward the common overall goals. We're not necessarily always going to agree on procedure, but but certainly on overall goals and and that I think we've done a pretty good job of accomplishing that over the years. I, don't, I, I would have to say I don't think that's always been the case, but I, I feel a stronger um, sense of that now. Uh, I don't know whether it has to do with our joint membership program or just more outreach and getting more people uh, engaged in what's going on. But one of the reasons I, I was so happy to do this radio show, uh, because I think it gives an opportunity to stay in contact with people on a regular basis. Um, I know you you've heard the same thing as well as I have. Sometimes you you go to meetings in your state or or even regional meetings, and you're sitting there scratching your head, wondering well, what are those guys at national doing. And that's one of the things we tried really hard to do is share more information with people. I think that's critical. Yeah, it is. It's very very critical to share with not only the state organizations but the individual membership also. So, oh, by, by the way, this is a this is a surveying show, but but one of the things you talked to me about before that I think the audience would be interested in is I remember you talking to me several times about your your dad actually doing some work during some of those movies that got filmed out in your area. That people might be able to relate to where you live more if you told them something about those movies a little bit. I'm I'm located in southwest corner of Utah in St. George, and a lot of the old western movies were filmed out around here. A lot of the old movies with John Wayne and, and a lot of the older movie stars in the westerns were filmed in Snow Canyon and around Kanab. And so you'll recognize the area if you've been here and see it in the movies. So. Yeah, and uh, quite a few of the, the... You mentioned John Wayne. I'm sure a lot of the characters from, from all those movies people would, would recognize for sure. Well, uh, currently, just for the audience, and I think I put this in the news and views. I'm pretty sure I did. Uh, with you being the the current president of the National Association of County Surveyors, um, maybe we could talk about that association a little bit and what its reach is, and um, the types of folks who are, are members. I, I know you and I talked earlier uh, in our conversation, and maybe a little bit today, about the different activities that county surveyors undertake from one state or one location to another and i know here on the east coast in a lot of cases county surveyors don't do all the kind of things that surveyors out in the west do so maybe we can talk about that a little bit and what the organization represents and and who it represents okay the national association of county surveyors is an organization just created to get the county surveyors together to to go over you know anything from legislation statutes survey problems or survey control or how they're doing stuff in their area that might help the others out. And we're looking for uh, an increased membership just like every other surveyors organization. And we're looking for county surveyors and, and people that are associated with that office. Not every state has counties. Some have parishes and, and areas like that. And, and that doesn't matter. If they're in that position, we'd, we'd like them to get hold of us and become a member with us. And, uh, the counties are different in size and makeup. You know, counties out here, we happen to have 29 counties in Utah, and some of them are pretty
pretty good size. And then you get states back in the Midwest and East Coast that will have over 100 counties, and some of them are not much bigger than a township or even smaller than that. And so it, it's just a wide variety, and we'd like to get all of them on board and find out what's going on in their area and, and how that relates to everywhere else across the country. The West probably has... Uh, a lot of county surveyors may be compared to other areas because we're a public land survey state. And the county surveyor position, like in other states back east, was set up to help uh, divide the property, property and sell it off and make sure it was surveyed and there for the private property owner. And, and it's continued, you know, clear across the country to the west where we use the public land survey system that everybody deals with. Do you find that your membership comes more from the western states than the eastern states because of that dynamic? Uh, I would guess we have more from the west half of the United States, but I I don't really have those numbers in front of me. We do have members from the east coast and southeast and northeast and you know mid east area too. So. I would guess there may be more from the you know the western half of the state or the the area of the states that are set up in the public land survey. Does the organization uh, take stances on issues or or do issues get brought to you guys like they do to NSPS and somebody will have some legislative issue that's coming up in their state that may or may not be good for surveyors? And uh, I, I didn't know if people called on you guys to react to those kind of things or not. Uh, we do get calls for help in areas like that, and it may be just a position on the county surveyor's office or a position on control for control networks or how do you uh, do this stuff in your area for boundaries that overlap or parcel mapping for the county or tax sales for the county. We get a lot of that that comes in and asks how other areas of the country deal with this, and it's it's a great reference to be able to talk to people that are doing the same thing that may have been through the same issues you're going with. Yeah, I would, I would say that's absolutely true. Um, now, I know, well, let me ask you this other question first, because I was going to talk about NACO a little bit, but let's, let's talk about this other thing. One of the issues that we hear all the time, and, and surveyors in general hear all the time in today's world, is how GIS is affecting mapping and recordation da- data and tax maps and all those kind of things. And being county surveyors, I'm sure that issue has to come up individually among among the members. Um, do you all have opportunities to speak to those issues back to the other counties? Like, for example, I know you're the director of public works, as, and, and that includes being the surveyor. And I assume that oftentimes the surveyor's office is within a department that's either engineering or public works or something like that. Um, so I was just curious if 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 the county so, uh, service association was able to have conversations that might be heard better than even ours might be because sometimes they look at us as outsiders. Yeah, we do have those conversations. I was fortunate enough when I did contract work for Washington County before they hired me directly to have a good uh, relationship with the commissioners and was able to help direct them setting up their GIS department and and making sure the GIS people understood the value of having good, accurate base layer to start things from. And we're a large rural county. We've kind of concentrated on the private private lands and the developing area, getting the control in. And some of our other control is still 
out based on the BLM's geodetic coordinate database, and it's not quite as accurate as based off the old GLM plats, but there's still good information in there rather than just a square mile everywhere for each section in the township. But it's it's very good for the surveyors to get involved, and, and many of the counties that have county surveyors are that way. They've been involved with that and working together. If the GIS office is not located with them, working together to make sure they have a good good database to start from. Yeah, it seems to me sometimes when and we we run into these situations almost in any kind of new technologies as surveyors and dealing with the impact on on what we do as surveyors by that new technology or or the use of that new technology and it, it seems to me that one of our maybe our failures as a as a profession overall has been to become in, interactive into the implementation of those types of technologies in a way that's more helpful than it is uh, growing up as a preacher's kid. I can say being preachy sometimes, <laughs> trying to tell folks what they ought to be doing rather than working with them to help figure out how to get it done. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the case with the GIS is, is we spend a lot of time as surveyors looking at how they did stuff in the surveyor's world is accuracy. You know, my survey is, is very accurate and precise, and the GIS is a whole new thing. You know, even the old-style drafting had to be very accurate and precise, but GIS is all about getting out information and data associated with those maps, and sometimes they weren't as concerned about how accurate it was as long as the picture looked good on it. So. We should have spent more time, and a lot of areas did, so some of them are working well, but, you know, getting together and showing them the value of that accurate uh, database and how it would help the whole GIS mapping deal. Some people look at those GIS maps and think, wow, that's my property right there. I don't need a surveyor. I don't need anything else. They don't understand that a lot of the information is pulled from various sources. Some of them are fairly relatable to the data you're on or have ties to it and are pretty accurate, and others are just stuff that somebody else has brought in off a different system and dumped in there, and they try and line it up, rubber sheet it as best they can, and it, it looks nice, but it's not necessarily you know, as accurate as you should have your stuff to deal with property. Oh, yeah, that's, that's very true. And then the advertisements of the, the handheld GPS that you can do all these things with it, and then at the end of that advertisement, there's a really small small letter uh, warning that you can't really use it for this purpose. <laughs> that's, that doesn't help the situation so much either, I don't think. Yeah, and we, and we, we run across get, that. We still get calls occasionally asking, people asking for the coordinates to their property. They're, they're going to survey it themselves. They've got a handheld GPS unit, and, and they don't understand what it takes, you know, what goes into creating those coordinates accurately for their property or that their handheld GPS unit is not accurate enough for that type of work. So, yeah, we're and we're in process. Uh, yeah, it always is, and I, and I think that's a um, a major issue for us as as the local, state, and national regional organizations is to help with that education. Um, and the, and again, reasons to have our layered system that we do, uh, where we can all sort of have our our ideas being the same, but coming at it appropriately to the to the people that we're trying to address and and not necessarily coming down as a hammer but just another guy living in the neighborhood you know trying to be helpful is is i think a always a good way to approach things
Yes. So, well, we're almost to our second break, believe it or not. We're 20 seconds away. I was going to ask you about, uh, with all that nice open space you've got out there, and, of course, I, not all of it's open space because you've got the, the, uh, the mountains there next to you and, uh, and Zion, Zion Park and all that, but I want to talk about drones a little bit and see if y'all have had any experience with that. And so when we come back, we'll talk about that. Okay. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com. That's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Getting into underground utility location? If so, you'll want to know about the Schoenstatt Instrument Company's MPC kit, a multi-purpose combo for locating both ferrous objects and underground pipes and cables. And because it consists of two instruments in one package, it qualifies for trading allowances on two locators. Any kind, any make, any condition. Contact your dealer for details. Or visit www.shonstat.com. That's S-C-H-O-N-S-T-E-D-T dot com. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. We're back with with Ron Whitehead today, uh, Director of Public Works and Surveyor for St. George County, Utah. And we've been talking about a lot of different things in our first two segments. But I don't want to go too far afield. Um, I do want to focus on the National Association of County Surveyors and uh, its composition as we started out and its relationship to NACO. I mean, the, the most times I've seen you most recently is when you've come to the D.C. area for a, a NACO meeting, and then, of course, that included a meeting, uh, I mean, a, a, a National Association of Counties meeting, and uh, then you had your own meeting there, too. So talk to us about that relationship, and was was the association created through the Association of Counties, or did they get together some other way? The, the history I can read and found on it, uh, which has been passed down to me, of course, is that it was created simultaneously, but not exactly. It was both in the late 80s, and there was a branch working with NSPS at the NSPS ACSM conferences that that got NSPS to hold the county surveyors forum. And there was 10 or 12 county surveyors that met there every year to discuss issues they had or concerns or problems and ask for 
you know, somebody else had had experience with that or questions or help. And while that was going on, uh, there was one of that group that was meeting with the National Association of County Officials, and, and he petitioned them to uh, have the County Surveyors Association part of that group. And so they formed that part with NACO, and at the same time, much of the same group was working through NSPS at the County Surveyors Forum at NSPS. And, and then they merged together in the late 1990s, I believe. They originally started meeting, you know, in the 80s, both of them, and they kind of met on and off. And I think in the mid to late 90s, they incorporated, and it stayed that way, incorporated in Utah, and it stayed that way until about 2004 when a new county surveyor was elected and didn't pick up on the incorporation, had to be uh, redone, and so that expired, and then they re-incorporated uh, in Oregon, so it's now incorporated under Oregon, but the group, group was tied to each other, but there were kind of two separate areas that were working together. So does that group now meet? Uh, I know that you meet during the the uh, the NACO meetings. Is that a, a really large group of people that meets? No, it, they pulled away from the NACO National Association of County uh, meetings and started meeting more with the uh, NSPS meeting, the county surveyors, just because they felt like there was a better opportunity for more surveyors to be involved there in that. So just in the last year or so, we've tried to reinstitute both of those meetings with NSPS and with NACO to give county surveyors a chance to uh, meet at both or one or the other, whichever one they can get to. I think both of them are very important with NSPS. We have all the surveyors and the meetings and uh, the states, everybody represented there. But with NACO, we have all the other elected county officials that are part of NACO, and so it's that's an important place for the county surveyor to be, to uh, you know insist on being heard and being a part of that organization, so that the commissioners and councilmen and all the other elected officials say, hey, these guys are an active group; they're meeting with us, and and know that we're there for them as a, a tool for them to use in their county government. So it's it's important for both areas. Yeah, I would I would agree that that's absolutely true, and I'm glad that this last year we began to have a, a meeting again. You know, there for a few years we didn't really hold a conference, and so it made it a little bit more difficult. But I know we had the meeting this past time. Um, actually, the way it ended up, some folks couldn't make it, so they ended up doing it on the phone. I think, but uh, but we're hoping to get that going again uh, with this meeting. We're I think I've already told you we're going to be doing a another conference this coming spring at the same place um, a little earlier. We're meeting in March. I think it begins around the 14th of March or something like that, whereas last year it was in mid-April. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to, I know we'll have the opportunity for them to meet. Hopefully they'll be able to do that. Yeah, we, we plan on trying to meet there again. We want to try and meet both there and with NACO again at their annual meeting in uh, July. I believe it'll be in uh, Anaheim, not Anaheim, Long Beach this year. And so we're trying to give county surveyors as much opportunity to get together and meet as we can. So we'll try and have our meeting both of those places. Plus, we do our annual membership meeting somewhere. And this year, it looks like we're going to meet with the Michigan surveyors and got county surveyors there that have invited us to come out. And in fact, one of our board members is from Michigan, and so he's 
looking forward to having us come there, and we'll meet there and give them another chance to meet with us there, too, in surrounding states. So, Is this the year they're going to meet up in Sault Ste. Marie? I, I want to think it is. I don't think it was this past year. I think it's this coming year. Um, so that'll be a nice experience. It'll be up in the upper, upper peninsula, so it might be a little cold and snowy up there. You know, Marv told us where they were meeting, and I don't remember the exact name, but he said it would be a good conference, and so we're on our way there this coming <laughs> coming year. So we're yeah, what, what, glad to be able to meet in different areas with the different county surveyors. Oh, yeah. What makes me think that is, uh, do you know Bill Carr? Bill's a Michigan surveyor. He's been a president with us, and he's uh, on the licensing board up there. But when I saw him recently, I think it was him telling me that that's where that meeting was going to be. Yeah, it could be there. Marv, Marv told me it wouldn't be really, really cold there. I'm from the desert, and he's <laughs> so that might freeze up or something. <laughs> well, maybe oh, maybe looking, he'll be be right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're looking forward to going there. So, so within the within the association itself, with the the county service association. Do you all have um, a variety of committees that, that deal with things, or do you kind of do things as a whole? We're pretty much doing things as a whole right now just because we're trying to concentrate a lot on uh, membership, getting the membership built back up, and we're doing a few surveys, uh, survey monkey-type surveys, you know, to get gather some information and data and stuff. And that's kind of been my push while I've been in this president is to work on membership and the opportunity to get more people involved with our meetings and stuff. Now, do you all have um, connections with, with um, um, obviously you do as surveyors, but as an organization uh, directly with, with BLM, like their CFEDGE program or anything like that? Uh, County Surveyors Group itself doesn't. Uh, as you know, I'm connected with CFEDS on right. their CFEDS yep. panel, but we we know what they're doing and where they're at and you know glad to be a part in any way we can on that but we don't have a direct connection with them through the county surveyors association well, one other thing i getting back to the to the NACO thing for a moment i meant to ask you and i don't think we uh, addressed this when you meet with them as a group um within their their um, governance structure do they have some way for for you guys to have a direct voice into them through a representative, or does that come through more more through your other county representatives? We have a seat on the National Association of County Officials Board of Directors, and generally it's the president who fills that seat, and I'm in that spot right now, so I'm on the board of directors for NACO and will be for the rest of this year and part of next year until we elect new officers. So we do have a direct vote on the the board, and that's that's one of the important areas. It's important for the county surveyors to get there. They have GIS committees, they have transportation committees, they have public lands committees. There's all kinds of areas that a surveyor's knowledge and experience would be good to have input on, and, and a good opportunity for surveyors to participate and and show them that there are a, a viable source of information and some someone they can rely on for help. Yeah, my recollection of having come visited you when you've been at meetings in the Washington area is that that is a really, really big conference. Um, yeah, they have, I think there's, 
little over 3,000 counties in the country, and they have a uh, representative from you know any county that's a member of NACO, and there's a pretty good majority of them that are. Not all of them are there, but a lot of them are. So you'll have you know county commissioners, county councils, county mayors, whatever form of government they have, plus uh, recorders, auditors, sheriffs, association. There's there's pretty much you know all the elected officials are have an opportunity to be in NACO if their counties choose to. So it's a big conference. And I would expect that those different groups, whether it's the administrators or the sheriffs or the public works directors or whomever, do they have, it would seem logical, but I'll ask the question, do they have groups kind of like your group that meet on their own and discuss issues that are specific to their positions? Uh, some of them do. Some of them have affiliate organizations like we are, but some of them just meet there as, as county affiliates of NACO and they don't have their own special group. But it's just kind of a broad spectrum they have on there. I think on the NACO board right now there are, I believe it's like 120 members of the board. So it's a big board, but there's opportunity for participation there. They have subcommittees in on there that you can uh, put in to, to be on, and that's a good opportunity for anybody in there. Yeah, that, and I thought we had a big board. <laughs> But that's a, that's a good size board, but I can see an advantage um, of having uh, diversity on the board. And I mean, like with us, all of, all of our board members are surveyors, right? Um, and so, and 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 that makes sense because we're a survey organization. I, I I totally understand that. But in dealing with issues related to to the counties themselves, I can see where having constituencies on the board that represent the different. Uh, positions, if you will, within the government would make sense. Yeah, it's it's a varied, varied group, and it's a good way to get a lot of varied opinions on how to handle situations, and they usually come up with some very good positions they go to the federal government with or uh, recommend to the federal government, and they're well, well thought out and well worded most of the time, so I, I've really enjoyed being on it. It was something I didn't realize was there when I agreed to... Uh, run for election for a National Association of County Surveyors. But once I was there and found out I had a seat on the NACO board, too, I was a little unnerving for the first meeting. But, boy, once I got in there and seen the caliber of people that were there working for the counties and the opportunities you had to have a voice in there, it's it's been a great, great experience. Yeah, and, and a, a very beneficial experience, I believe, for our profession um, because... You have someone there who has sort of the inside track, if you will, to talk about issues that are of interest to surveyors, and sometimes that message gets hard to be heard if you're just coming in from the outside. And so I, I would agree that that's a great opportunity for us in general as surveyors, and not just for the county county surveyors, but surveyors overall. Yeah, I, th I think it helps the more more people we have there that are surveyors and they're active in that. I think the better the reception will be, and the and the more. Uh, they will be recognized as a valuable source for county government. Yep, absolutely. Well, we're going to go to our last break, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? 
click on repair department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to specials and sales under the buy now tab at www.schonstedt.com. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. We're back for our last segment with Ron Whitehead today. Ron is president of the National Association of County Surveyors, and we've talked a lot of, about other issues, as I mentioned before, but let's talk some now about the association itself, and I know you guys have a website and you do educational programs, and um, so talk to us about that. Uh, the website itself is, is countysurveyors.org, and you can go to the website and look at some of the information we have there. And if they want to email and ask, you know, for information or question, it's NACS, that's National Association of County Surveyors, at countysurveyors.org. So they're, you know, simple, easy to get to website and email address, and you can look at the information there. Uh, see what we've got there, and we go from there. We've we've got three areas we deal with and across the country: the western region, the central region, and the eastern region. I've got some very qualified people as as a director from those areas, and then the elected officers of the board too that have got a a wealth of survey knowledge and history with them. So, yeah, and I, as I mentioned during the break, I've been on the website and and uh, looked at everything you have on there, and very helpful. One of the things that that I, I noticed, and you mentioned this a little bit, was the educational programs. And I know you're you're working to build that up. I know one of the things we talk about amongst the state execs and for the for the service societies and internally within our group, and particularly in the office, um, people are always looking for some resource where they can find opportunities for continuing education, whether it be specifically for credits for their license or just to enhance their education about things. And that's one of the things we really are, want to start working more diligently on through NSPS is with you guys and the state societies to try to create some type of a database where people can go and and find these opportunities. If nothing else, they can go to and, and like, find your website for specific things. Um, and I think that can be a, a great resource because... What I'm seeing and hearing is as we're going through our whole continuing education requirements, which I believe to be a good thing, 
sometimes we're having trouble getting new and different things on there for people to see. So is it really continuing education if you go listen to the same seminar six years in a row? Uh, we've we've had some very good presentations at some of our annual meetings. We've partnered with, uh, or not partnered, we've you know joined with another state association there and come in and held our annual meeting there and our board of directors meeting and sometimes we've provided seminars and sometimes we've set in on their seminars but some of the county surveyors information that they've provided those seminars is is uniquely different especially if it's from an area across the board we we had uh in california at our one of our annual meetings that we set up there with california we brought in one of the county surveyors that uh, did an excellent presentation on uh road right-of-ways and, and how you acquired a right-of-way in Florida, the different ways they got right-of-ways and things that was much different than, you know, just a prescriptive use right-of-way in Utah or something like that. At one point they went in and the counties wrote up descriptions for the places that have been used to road and basically deeded themselves right-of-ways with, with the width they needed in there. And I thought, wow, that's a novel idea if we could <laughs> work that out. But we've got, you know... A, one of our board members is from uh, Florida, and one's from uh, Michigan, and then we've got one on the, the West Coast in California. So we've got a pretty good diverse group there, and so you know we've got opportunity for a lot of education. Our our first meetings have been county surveyors forum, and we've tried to do that just to get people in to talk to them about the association get them coming back to these meetings and, and we'll start working you know as soon as we can some type of educational uh, sessions in there too for them so we get them coming in and discuss the things they need to discuss and then give them some type of an educational uh, opportunity too while we're there with them you know that whole rights of way thing is is an interesting phenomenon to me and in talking to people around the country oftentimes how little people know about prescriptive rights and fee rights and in your case a lot of times government rights um so that i think that's a great topic yeah it's 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 widely widely used around the country but it's it's quite a varied uh use around the country too everybody has their own statutes and their own requirements they go through and so it was very interesting to hear how another state and a different part of the country had picked up some of the right-of-ways they needed for development and growth and areas that have been used for a long time. So, You were talking about the website and and all the content on there. Do you get often get any kind of inquiries just from people from the general public, or most of them come through through the surveyor community? Most of them come through for the surveyor community. There, there are a few that come through from the general public, you know, asking for who's a surveyor I can use, or who's a good surveyor, who surveys in my state, just general information that's usually pretty easily directed out and that. But we do get some questions from surveyors and some from a surveyor that feels like he's been slighted somewhere and wants somebody to back up his position, and it's usually not much we can do about that. But we try and listen and then you know, direct them maybe the area they need to go to and deal with in their state to deal with that. So... Yeah, Mostly that, it's that, just surveyors looking. That particular thing about folks having a position that they're looking for somebody to back them up, I agree that's a particularly d- difficult one because you don't know all the circumstances. 
you know you don't know all the details and uh, so it's really hard and and you it's not that you don't want to help people it's just that you you don't have all the information that you might need to to take a particular position so you have to kind of be generic in the way you deal with it yeah we we're trying to give them a, a some type of an answer but but you know generic enough to let them know that hey the specific information you're looking at is best represented out of your area, whatever state you're in. And we'd recommend you talk to other surveyors in that state that are in a similar position or dealing with the same thing to get their opinion on stuff. But it's interesting. Been a lot of good people talk to us occasionally. We run into people all across the country that have been a county surveyor or know a county surveyor or used to work for a county surveyor, so it's always good to meet people. Oh yeah, that that's absolutely true. And and again, one of the benefits I think of all of our organizations is having that opportunity. And it's it's amazing sometimes how many folks sort of operate in their little vacuum their whole life and never do a lot of interaction with other people. And that's one of the things we're hoping to accomplish with our with our whole joint membership thing is getting out information to everybody, not just a handful of people in each state. And and think, speaking of that communication link, you know our News and Views weekly email newsletter is always available to you guys. Anything you want to get out, just send it to me. That's part of what we do. So more than happy to, to share any information that you all have or questions you want to ask or any of that kind of thing. All right. Appreciate that. I, I agree with you. I think an association, whether it be uh, state, regional, or nationwide, like NSPS, or even a specific uh, segment of that group, like the county surveyors, is, is a great instrument for people to use and getting help and education, but, but also just to build a little bit of camaraderie with the people that are in the same business. You know, when I first started in this, there was a cloud of secrecy over your work. You did your oh, yeah. survey, and by dang, you didn't want to show anybody where your control points were or what you'd use that might give them an advantage over you, and it's it's a kind of a scary way of doing business. I think you have a lot less chance of making a blunder or a big mistake if if people are using the same information you are. You know what's good, you know what's bad, and you know uh, where things are supposed to be. It's a, a much better chance of keeping things from going awry if everybody's looking at the same data and, and it, it just creates some good friends to talk to over stuff so absolutely and and i know that even even in this day of communication that that old attitude is still out there a little bit but i see it dying more and more and more and you know this whole idea of putting uh, caps on the on the the points that you set so people know who did it I think that's really helpful because at least you know somebody you can go talk to if you have a question or even have a disagreement about where things lie. Definitely, and and have somebody come in and say, "Hey, I think your corner's wrong." Is it's kind of a little scary thing, but it's a good thing too because you know if there's an error out there, you want to get that thing corrected as fast as you can without people relying on it for a lot of stuff. But it's a it's a good thing, you know, to have people come and talk to you and and share what you've done versus what they've done and find out if there's a problem one way or the other out there or if it's just a misunderstanding of what we were supposed to be doing. But I'm glad that's working much better for everybody. It's it's a little startling when somebody comes and says, hey, I found an error because nobody wants to make those errors. But right. It's good My, to sit down and go through them. I've always found the best way to handle that is if I, if I have that situation, I go in and ask, what do you know that I don't know? 
because there must be something you know because I'm not coming to the same thing. So I'm eager to know what the other person found that I might have missed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it makes for a lot less problems if you can find that kind of stuff real fast and get it corrected or find out what the disagreement is or the difference is. And, and, and I think know, it's it good comes, for the profession. It is. Um, you still hear a lot of that. Well, my surveyor says it's over here and yours says it's over there. Well, the two surveyors talk about things and how it, how it's, you know, happened or what, what's come about. I usually find out there was something that maybe one of them knew, the other one didn't, or maybe they were using a different set of monuments that might make things different. And, and it's it's easily easily resolved if they get together and work on it. Yeah, I, I, w- I would agree with that. And I was just talking to our little regional group that met here this weekend about that, and we were, we were all kind of agreeing that... Uh, you know, when you when you have those situations where there's differential between somebody setting a pen a couple of tenths away from an old one, that dilutes our ability to make the argument that um, sur- only surveyors can find the correct point because <laughs> that that somehow implies that we're not all finding the correct point when we have a pen farm, as we call them. So, yeah, that's there's certainly good education. to have a discussion. Yep, definitely an education process when you're working in surveying as to how things relate and, you know, senior rights or first survey or stuff, you know. It's, there's a lot of information to consider, and the public doesn't understand all that when they tell you this is their property line and they've stepped it off with a 30-foot tape or something. Yeah. It's, it's well, we're uh, 45, minutes, 45 seconds away from breaking so i just want to make sure i thank you for taking time out of your day to join me today ron it's been great having a conversation with you always enjoy having our conversations uh, regardless of when and where they are but uh, i appreciate you being with me today and talking about the national association of county surveyors and other topics so thanks so much for doing that thanks kurt i appreciate you having me on the show be happy to come back again if we can find something else we want to talk about or continue on this line i really appreciate it yeah, there's always things we can find to talk about. I'm sure if there's one thing surveyors can do, we can find things to talk about. <laughs> that doesn't ever seem to be too bu- too much of a problem. So, again, thanks for being with me today, and I will be chatting with you soon. Take care. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.